Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. I need you to help me build something. I'm not an expert in stage design, so I need your help. And those of you who are good at architecture or Legos, you can pitch in now. A famous preacher named Martin Lloyd-Jones once gave an image of what has happened to us as Christians, and I'm going to attempt to build it right now in 2018 with your help. I want you to imagine two fields that you would see out in the country. Don't think of the country of Arkansas. Think more of the country in Ireland or somewhere else uh, overseas where these two fields have high stone walls surrounding them with no doors. Two fields, high stone walls, no doors. And they share a common middle wall, which we're going to put right here. They share a common middle wall. So we have two fields. Every human that is born is born into this field. And this is the field that is dominated by sin and Satan. And there is no way out of this field unless God in his grace intervenes in the gospel of Jesus Christ received through faith. Imagine his intervention as this giant crane of grace. His crane of grace reaches down and transfers the person from the field dominated by sin and Satan and brings them into this field dominated by Christ and righteousness. This is a safe and secure place because sin and Satan no longer have power over us. We now live our lives under the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? But here's an ongoing issue. Satan and sin call over the wall on a daily basis. Satan and sin shout over the wall, hey, what's up? You miss us? And you can shout back one of two things. Yes, I kind of miss you. What fun do you have in store for me today? Or you have no power over me. I do not submit to you anymore. I submit to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Every day you wake up, you're making a choice on who you're going to serve. Sin, Satan, Christ, righteousness. And daily walking with the Lord is this, moving further and further away from the wall, responding only to the voice of your Father, and submitting only to the reign of Jesus Christ. And by God's grace, today will contribute toward that end as we turn back to the book of Galatians. For those of you who are new, we're in the book of Galatians. We've been in it for about 10 weeks now. 
To bring you up to speed, there's been a little battle going on in the church of Galatia where Paul is combating the false teachers who are trying to get people to believe in Jesus plus basically become a Jew, become circumcised, observe certain days and dietary code. And Paul is very, very clear. And he says that Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. You see, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the finished work of Christ alone. It's always Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So far, Paul's been going after their heads. But as we start to move into this portion of of Galatians, he's going to make this personal appeal and he's gonna start to go after their hearts. He's gonna say, get away from the wall. Stop listening to the lies and the deception that only would bring them further and further under slavery. Get away from the wall. Stop listening to the false doctrine and the false teaching. Get away from the wall. Don't go back under slavery where you once used to live. Don't go, don't go back. Get away from the wall. And the question is, how? And what he's going to show us, the way we move further and further away from the wall, responding only to the voice of the Father, submitting only to the reign of Jesus, is going to be the gospel and the gospel community. The gospel and the gospel community. And specifically, he's going to spell out the gospel in terms that you are fully known and fully loved by God. And that's going to be good news today. And in the gospel community, you can be known and loved by others. And what we're going to see, it's this gospel and gospel community that is an antidote to your drifting and my drifting hearts. I read an article recently. It's called How to Grow Newer When You're Not Growing Younger. The main gist of the article is how do we age with wisdom and forsake lusting after youth? The article is written by this woman and she's older now, but she says that when she was 18 years old, she hurt her back and she had to go to physical therapy. And during physical therapy, she had to sit in a hot tub with older adults for rehab. And she got to see at a very young age that bodies wear out, but spirits don't. You may feel old, but there can be a growing newness and aliveness as you grow in Christ because you are a new creation with a renewed mind. And if you forget this, you'll start to think, I'm going to lust after the ways of my youth, which can take you to a lot of idolatry and falling back into some of your old patterns of living. That's why you need the gospel, even at this age, that you can be fully known and fully loved by God. Let's go ahead and jump into the text. Galatians 4, verse 8. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no God. So at one time, the Galatians did not know God, but rather they were slaves and gave their allegiance to those which by nature are no gods. As pagans, they would serve a variety of gods and sacrificing to them and their idols. But Paul says they were not gods. Well, what were they if they weren't gods? Well, they were demons. We know from 1 Corinthians 10.20, Paul says, no, but I say 
that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. Do you get this? The, the Gentiles, the Galatians, before they were, were believers, they worshiped in the field of Satan and sin. And they worshiped demons. But God in his grace, the crane came down, picked them up, and put them in the field dominated by Christ and righteousness. There's been a distinct change. Verse nine, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. There has been a break from their pagan past, and they are now known by God through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not just simply that they know God. I love it, I love it, but it says they are known by God. Isn't that good? You gotta just underline that. That's an intimate relationship that God has with you where he's brought you into his family and he knows you. I love that. Something similar is in the book of 1 John. 1 John 4.10. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. It was a movement of love that God sent his son to bear your sins on the cross in your place. And I can stand here with confidence and tell you that through faith in Jesus Christ, you are fully known and fully loved by God. And that is what we all want. That's what we want. I've heard it put like this. To be fully loved and not fully known is just superficial. Because what if someone knew more about me, would they still love me? But to be fully known and not fully loved means the person says, I see you and I reject you. That's why we wanna be fully known and fully loved where God says, I see you in your brokenness and your sin. I see it all and I accept you, and I love you through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That is good news. And that's what we all want, that God sees through all the junk, sent his son to die and rise for us. Now through faith we are forgiven, clothed in his righteousness, filled with the Holy Spirit to change, adopted into his family, and he fully knows you and fully loves you. The gospel may seem hard to believe. It really, there's nothing else like it on this earth. That grace abounds to sinners. I read just last night that God does not go after sheep because they are good sheep, but because he is the good shepherd. That's the gospel. That's grace abounding to us. That's the grace that the Galatians had received in Christ. But they're tempted to go back into bondage. Look again at verse 9. But now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again. The remarkable thing is that the Galatians are not turning back to paganism to be enslaved all over again through idols and sacrificing to false gods, but what they're turning to is just as bad. What is it? It's the bondage of law-keeping. Do you see it there? In verse 10, you observe days 
and months and seasons and years. In order to be made right with God, they observe the Sabbath, the Day of Atonement, certain festivals, and the day and the year of, of Jubilee. Basically, it's salvation through ritual. It's not just observing the Sabbath, but observing the Sabbath to be made right with God. It's checking off the boxes. If I do this and this and this and this, hopefully one day God will accept me. David Platt has put it like this, that some Christians could even think that because they do certain rituals, they're okay with God. You may say, I pray. Big deal. Muslims pray. You may say, well, I go, I go to worship. Big deal, Hindus go to worship. In fact, many of them worship all day long. And you say, yeah, but I read the Bible. You know what? Big deal. Jehovah's Witnesses read their Bible. They probably know it better than you do. And you say, yeah, but I go on mission trips. Big deal. So do Mormons. They go all over the world. If you're checking these boxes and say, I'm doing this, this, and this, I'm jumping through the hoops, are we okay, God? That's where the Galatians are at right now. They're going down this road of checking off these boxes to be made right with God. And the biggest aha moment that I had in studying this that I've just really stuck out to me, it's almost as if the religious observances of the Galatians to earn favor with the gods prior to conversion has been replaced with Jewish observances to please God for salvation. And Paul lumps it all together and he says, verse 9, weak and worthless. It's weak and worthless and they are enslaved all over again. They once abandoned their idols to convert to Christ, but now they're going to something back just as weak and worthless and that's the idol of law keeping. If you put yourself under the law to be saved, it's just like you're going back to your pagan idols. It's demonic. Did you know there is something about our hearts that John Calvin said? They're like idol factories. It's like we're always lurking to, to, to get some idol. And once we kick out one idol, another idol comes to jump back in. <laughs> it's like the Galatians kicked out the paganism idol. And now they're, they're jumping on the idol to, to keep the law for salvation. It may be a different slavery, but it's still slavery the same. Do you understand, my brothers and sisters, that you can reject sin, but in late, unless you enthrone Christ, put Christ at the center of your heart, you'll just take over and take on some other idol. Happens all the time. If there is anything in your life right now that you think in your mind, your heart, that if you had that, it would bring happiness and fulfillment is probably an idol. If anything but Jesus will bring you happiness and fulfillment, then it can become your master, whatever it is. If you just think, you know, if I just had this adventure, then I would be happy. If I could just have a little more fun or achievement or morality or religion or family or comfort, just pick your thing. What is your thing? If you had it, then you would finally be happy. Let me show you a picture of a boat. This boat washed up on my property years ago. Took a picture of it yesterday. Before the roads were built or even the houses or anything, it just washed up. There's a creek running through the property. And if anyone wants to try to find it this afternoon, then you can have it. (laughs) 
And I don't know if you can see, but this boat is called the Invader. <laughs> and there's a, there's a license sticker on it from 1991. So it probably was made back in the 80s, and I could just imagine someone going to the store with so much happiness and buying the Invader. Maybe they thought, this is the boat that's gonna make me happy. Once I get the Invader, I'm gonna have so much fulfillment. Now, there's nothing wrong with a boat, but don't make a boat your idol. Because I guarantee you, no matter how fancy your boat is, one day, there it is. <laughs> if anything but Jesus will bring you fulfillment, that thing will eventually become your master. But what is the great news that we have that we are fully known and fully loved by God? Which means when I come before God, I don't have to jump through any hoops or check off boxes to impress Him. It also means that when I come before God, I don't need to hide my sin because in Christ Jesus, I am fully known and fully loved by God. And it's almost as if I want to shut the Bible and say, amen, that is such good news. That's going to help me from listening to the lies of sin and Satan, and I want to walk out of here and be done. But we must also introduce this idea of gospel community where people can know you and love you. And it's in this gospel community that things can get really, really messy. But the community of the people in here are necessary for your growth in Christ-likeness. In fact, I would go as far as to say, if you're not in community, you are not growing because you need people in your life to grow. So as much as I want to stop and dismiss this now, we got to go into this messy gospel community and look at the things that Paul says to the Galatians. Verse 11, I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. Paul fears that all the work along the way has been in vain if they return to living under bondage of sin. They have so much good history together, but if they're going to throw it all away, what was the point? Verse 12, I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You have done me no wrong. Paul was a zealous Jew who became like the Gentile Galatians and not looking to the law to be saved, even though that's his heritage. And as Paul has become like them, they should become like him and give up the slave master of the law for the master of Jesus Christ. Paul first came to the Galatians with the gospel and not the law, and they did him no harm. And now that he's preaching the gospel and not the law, are they going to now turn on him and do him harm? Verse 13. But you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe. But you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. It was through this illness that was ongoing in Paul's life that he preached the gospel to the Galatians the first time around. Maybe it was an ongoing eye condition that many think that he had. And verse 15 sin, tends to lean in that direction. Verse 15 says, Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. They welcomed him and blessed him so much that they would have given him their eyes if they could. It's like they received him as 
an angel of God or Christ Jesus himself. This is the the mutual blessing we want to see within the body of Christ where we are willing to love one another even in weakness that we are gonna bear one another's burdens and say, hey, hey, take my eyes. (laughs) That's, That's community, that is love, that is bearing one another's burdens. Right now, I carry a very, very little minor burden and I've noticed a lot of you helping me bear it. I moved here from Chicago. And I'm experiencing something that many of you have experienced. And that is my home in Chicago has not sold yet. But I'm telling you this, it doesn't make me doubt my coming here. I feel affirmed and encouraged by many of you. You tell me that you're praying for me, you're praying that my home will sell, and and I feel encouraged. You're, You're helping me bear that minor burden. But the church I just came from, my executive pastor, uh, his name is John, he didn't have such a blessing when he came to my last church. We hired him down from Minnesota. So he came to Evanston, and he couldn't buy a house. He had to rent because his home in Minnesota sat on the market for a really long time. And one day, a woman in our church went up to him and said, Pastor John, I have a prophecy for you. I had a vision and a dream. And the reason why your house is not selling in Minnesota is because God does not want you here and you need to leave. (laughs) I'm not joking, it really happened. Well, that was not encouraging. And that's not the relationship between Paul and the Galatians. They would have given him eyes. But something changed. Where has the blessing gone? Look at verse 16. So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. These false teachers were out to to trap the Galatians for their own glory. They seek out the Galatians, but not for good reason. They're trying to shut you out of the gospel so that it's all about them and their law keeping. There's nothing wrong with being sought as long as you're sought for good reasons. As Paul says in verse 18, but it's good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner and not only when I am present with you. Paul sought them for a good cause in the gospel, but they should not bail on Jesus just because Paul isn't there. Paul still loves them. He cares for them and seeks them, though he is absent from them. His love is fully known in verses 19 and 20. My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. But I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Paul wishes he could change his tone with them from a warning rebuke to welcoming friendship, for he is truly perplexed and concerned about their spiritual condition. These are Paul's spiritual children, and he's like a mom in labor pains until Christ is forming them. But notice again in verse 19, these labor pains, he says again. He is in labor again. Maybe you feel that way towards your own children. It's like you raised them in the Lord with great labor, but they drifted. And now you feel like you're in labor again until they wholeheartedly follow Christ. 
We need people like Paul in our lives, and we need to be, to, we need to be Paul to others as well. You need people who know you. You need people who love you enough to encourage you to press on. You need this gospel community. I know that some of you are new to this church, and you're in the phase of popping in, popping out. Pop in, pop out. And that's fine. But after a while, you're going to have to stick. Instead of popping in, popping in, you just stick. And you may say, yeah, but when you're here, you're here right now, you're looking around, and you go, man, these people really look messy. Trust me, they are messy. <laughs> we all are messy, and we need you and your messiness as well in this gospel community to encourage one another, to stir one another up so that we can know one another and love one another. So we have the two fields and the crane of God's grace and the gospel has delivered us from the kingdom of sin and Satan and put us in the kingdom of Christ and his lordship. And each day we want to move further and further away from the wall, responding only to the voice of our Father and submitting only to the reign of Jesus Christ. And that will only happen as we stay rooted in the gospel and gospel community, knowing that you're fully loved by God and fully known by him. You are fully known and fully loved by God. And I want to return a bit to something I asked earlier. How do you grow newer even as you grow older? How do you age with grace? And as I was reading that article, the encouraging point was, this is the way you age with grace. You do it with a childlike faith that teaches us what we are really looking at in a mirror isn't the true reflection of who we are, but a reflection of our Father's love for us in Christ. You need to know that. As you age, you don't need to return to the idols of child's games. You don't need to return to bitterness or addicted to gossip or trivialities. You are fully known and fully loved by God. You can move away from the wall, listen only to the Father's voice who tells you that he loves you in Jesus Christ. You don't have to come in here and clean yourself up for him. He fully knows you and fully loves you. Keep coming back to the gospel. But you can't do it on your own. I'm telling you, you will need the gospel community. You will need people to know you and love you. You need the gospel community. You need the church Week before last, in that room back there, I was sitting around in couches with a group of seven women who had lost their husbands. And they each went around the circle telling me their stories of their lives, how they lost their husbands, and how they've been dealing with it since then. But what stood out to me the most is those seven women know each other, cry for each other, bear one another's burdens. They know and love each other. And that's what I want for every single person in here. We're not perfect. We are messy. But we need to jump in with others so that they can know us and love us even as we are fully known and fully loved by God. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.